Hello, this is Greg, host of Super NES Podcast, and you're listening to the Super NES Podcast. What, you never heard of a guy pinning his own podcast before? Welcome to the Super NES Podcast, episode number 71 here for your listening pleasure. I am Greg, one of your regular co-hosts, joined all, as always by George, the other regular co-host. That's me. We never have very much to say like this intro, that's okay. <laughs> uh, I like banjos. <laughs> old, old men in space. Uh, what do you want from me? <laughs> well, well, there actually are no banjos in this game. That'd be kind oh. of interesting, but um, some of the enemies kind of look like banjos, though. I will get into that. Um, we are covering in this podcast a game that actually Ferks kind of jokingly, jokingly like suggested to us last time. Yeah, uh, last time he was on the podcast, um, something that's more infamous for its box covers. George already alluded to than actual gameplay. Uh, we're looking at the uh, side-scrolling space space shoot 'em up uh, Phalanx, uh, which was developed by Zoom and published by Chemco uh, for Super NES in 1992. Uh, neither George or I had played this game until this week, but we both knew about the game because I had mentioned to it's kind of infamous, like for infamous, like one thing and one thing only, pretty much. Um, so let's get the elephant, the elephant out of the room, like right away to start with. Um, if you've not seen the box cover for the box cover of like this game, the Super NES, it's unique. I'll give it that much. <laughs> um, the box cover, the, uh, uh, the box art. Uh, the box art basically just shows a bearded elderly man sitting down somewhere, dressed in overalls, uh, wearing a fedora, playing a banjo with his dog at his side. Uh, while in the background, while in the background, you can just barely make out a futuristic spaceship uh, flying by. Um, he's the and- pilot of that ship. <laughs> No, he's yeah. not because, he like, plays you know, the old man with the banjo. No, you play actually. No, you actually play somebody else. There's not very much plot in this game, but that one. Oh, uh, man. Uh, but, but that's one of the few things that they do cover, which we'll get into. But uh, yeah, this covers attracted a lot of this covers attracted a lot of like notoriety over the years. Um, the Angry Video Game Nerd did a series a while back on the most infamous slash bad uh, video game box box art uh, uh, over the years, and this game made his top ten. I want to um, say the Master System games do not count, so he got he got some cheap <laughs> shots in. That's not fair. Um, IGN recently 
Like recently, uh, did a Top 25 countdown uh, uh, countdown on their website for the most awesome cover uh, for video games. Awesome just being awesome just being a catch-all term for basically anything under the sun. So, mm-hmm. and this and this game came number fifth, uh, like in that list. So, um, the reason for the box art is actually pretty simple. Um, George, uh, you. You happen to research research this like I have, but you probably have a pretty good guess as to what they're going for here, with like this like unique box cover. So why don't you share your theory? Uh, it's probably marketing. If you if you put an old guy with a banjo on the cover of a game cart, you're gonna say, "What the heck is this game?" and probably buy it. And you're pretty much correct. Uh, the box are done. Uh, uh, the box art designers were interviewed, were play reviewed about this years later, and they admitted pretty much they chosen chosen that theme deliberately to attract the customer of something original, uh, <laughs> because because this game came out during a time period in which like in which side-scrolling shooters were all the rage, um, and you know, and they wanted to do something something to make this game stand out, like among that like sea of you know sea of shooters out there, so. Um, well, on that point, they succeeded at least. So, um, because um, uh, because anybody who was alive during the time period, the early '90s, does remember that along with like you know a huge a, 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 a huge fighting game explosion, there was also a huge explosion of space shooters. Um, Genesis, in particular, was very thick with shooters. Uh, there are a ton of good shooters on the Genesis. Uh, Super NES, not so much for selection, but there are some good ones on there. Uh, Gradius 3, we've already covered in a past podcast. That was a launch title. Um, we've, we've, uh, we've also already covered uh, UN Squadron, which certainly has a lot of elements of side-scrolling shooting, like, shooting to it. Um, and there were some other games, too. But uh, this, is, this is definitely one of the more... There weren't a lot of uh, side-scrolling options, side-scrolling space shooter options on the Super NES compared to Genesis. So this is, uh, so this is a unique game, a unique game, also like not respect, uh, like for that. But um, actually, this game is actually a port. Um, it originally came out in Japan in 1991 on a system that George and I have talked have talked about in, have talked about in, talked about in a past podcast uh, on the other show that we do. Um, it originally came out for the very popular Japanese computer, the Sharp, you know, the Sharp X68000. Oh, the Sharp. Yes, uh, very popular Japanese computer during this time period. Very good for game playing, um, and like evidenced by all the games that came out for it. So, um, this game got ported. So this game, this game, this game got ported to Super NES the following year. It came out in Japan in August of 1992, in North America, in North America, in North America, like in October of 1992. Uh, no power release like this game, but it did get a. Re- but the game did get re-released twice. It also came out for. It also came out. Came out for. The, it also like came out for the Game Boy Advance in 2001. Um, and that version did get a worldwide release. And that version, they changed the box cover, uh, the box cover to give it a more prominent uh, spaceship image Ooh. to avoid the problems they had earlier. <laughs> Should have been a dog playing a banjo. <laughs> um, and this game also got, and this game, at least in Japan, also got like also got remade and released uh, and, and re-released as part of the WiiWare service in 2009. So oh. yeah, so oh, but they. Um, Let's talk a little bit about uh, like so. Let's talk like let's talk a little bit about the companies involved because we haven't featured games before uh, uh, before in the past in this podcast uh, by games done by these companies. Um, Zoom is a Japanese developer that dates back to nineteen. Um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, 
to back in 1988, uh, like Japan. They're mostly known for doing stuff in Japan. Uh, uh, Japan, uh, they were a big supporter of the Sharp Computer, and they also, you know, they also published like they, you know, they also published like a lot of games for Japanese consoles and systems. Not too many of their games that come over stateside. Uh, their games, their 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 games over here, which are probably most famous and most well known, um, is in. Uh, like it's Lagoon for the Super NES, which is an early uh, role-playing action game, very similar to Zelda, that I do want to cover at some point in this podcast because I have a bit a podcast because I have nostalgia like that game, um, and also the very weird, and also the very weird but admittedly fun uh, Mr. Mosquito series, like the uh, Doge came up with the PS2. Oh man, <laughs> that's popped up a lot for me recently, which is really weird. They're they're not bad games. They're kind of fun actually they're definitely unique mr so. mosquito is definitely something we have to cover <laughs> not on this podcast the other right. podcast right so chemco it's so chemco the publisher dates back to 1984 um they are actually a subsidiary of a big engineering company uh, you know, really? during this time period, yeah, yeah, during this time period, uh, time period it was common for companies, for well-established companies, to spin off video game divisions, uh, to, you know, try to capture like a piece of the pie. Um, over here in the states, for example, before the great video game crash, uh, Quaker Oats had a video game division, um, um, and, and like you know, Fox, like Fox Interact, I, 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 I was like Fox Movies, the, the studio, the movie studio company also had a video game division. So it was common for companies back then to spin off, to spin off divisions, uh, like make games, and they, and they're still, they're still owned, they're still a subsidiary of the company today. So, um, so, uh, so like for a time, for the, the like over time, Chemical was merged with another company called Sika. Um, Chemical Sika uh, published a whole bunch of games, uh, like games, like games for the NES, Super NES, uh, before the company split again. Uh, Chemical still around today. Uh, they're mostly they known make for Android games or or mobile, I should say. Mobile games mobile primarily, games. yes. RPGs. RPGs. Yep. Uh, primarily. Uh, there was a humble bundle that had a bunch of them. So like I have. On my tablet, I have a bunch right. of Chemco RPGs that I have not even touched. <laughs> it's like, oh, these are going to take a while to play. Yeah, Chemco, Chemco to Americans are probably best known for being the publishers behind the famous uh, Mac Adventure Adventure games, which later got ported to the NES uh, as Shadowgate, Uninvited, and Deja Vu. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. okay. And um, um, and they also had great success, like the and they also had, and they also had great success, like the great success, like the Top Gear for a, a series. Really? Yeah. Oh well. So, wow. but uh, um, yeah. So um, the game itself. So once you get past that interesting box cover, once you get past some of the history, the, the history of this, um, most of the story of the game is contained in the manual. There's not really too much, too much told to you in the, uh, you told you, um, you know, like in the opening scenes. Um, it's your basic generic sci- sci-fi, uh, sci-fi by cookie cutter story. Um, the year 2079, a planetary research project is investigating, is investigating the alien planet, you know, the alien planet, the, the alien planet of Delilah. Um, an emergency transmission is sent shortly afterwards, um, and then uh, like all of a sudden, a hostile force sh- uh, uh, shows up and starts to sh- sh- shows up and starts to uh, f- like they're attacking things. So, you were sent in as a um, as a pilot. Like in a prototype advanced, like advanced fighter, uh, your name is Wink Ballfield. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> 
in the Game Boy version, they wisely renamed him to Rick. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, you are flying. Um, also, um, if you thought that was chuckle-worthy, George, get ready. Um, no. The operation. Uh, uh, you are assigned Operation Climax. <laughs> um, this is perfect. This is great. <laughs> yep. This has everything to do with a banjo and a man playing it. I love uh, it. In the like in the brand new experimental experimental space like space fighter, the A one forty four Phalanx. So because because the game's full name in Japan is like Phalanx uh, A one forty four Space Fighter. So they just shortened the Phalanx like the North American release. Didn't they change the name to that for the Game Boy release? They did too. Yes. Okay. So but go. they um. So anyway, um, this is your this is your this is your pretty typical shooter of the time period. Um, like I said, side, you know, like I said, side on um, side scrolling. Uh, they're eight they're uh, they're eight ages eight ages all together in the game. Uh, each age is a boss. You can choose three difficulty levels um, uh, out of the main uh, like out of the main menu when you, uh, out of the main menu to, to when you start the game. So this game defaults on easy. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a there's also a hidden fourth difficulty level, um, which again the translation. It, it's a good thing this game does not have a lot of English, because the translation choices that they use for this game is um, questionable to say the least. Um, I mean, this was a time where translating wasn't super easy. Yeah, um, you're, you 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 can access that you, you like can access that a. Um, uh, uh, that they are uh, a different difficulty level by by punching a code, and you'll never guess what they call that new level. Phalanx. That would be pretty obvious, but <laughs> no. Um, funny. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh boy. So, like I said, the good thing is not too much what English in this game. What they didn't tell you is, if you beat the game on funny mode, you get to fight the guy with the banjo. Well, you do get a surprise if you beat the game funny mode. <laughs> we will we will cover that toward the end of the podcast because it's very um, because it's interesting. So, um, your other your other options available in the main menu is on the main menu. Like you can also select um, how many like how many like how many credits that you want. Um, you know to be able to decide how many times that you can, yeah how many times that you can continue in the game, um, and you can also. Um, and you, you, um, and you can also like remap the controller uh, like you're liking. So that's nice. I always appreciate I like games allow that. that. Yeah. yeah. So so that's a nice touch. A lot of more games need to do that. Uh, or a lot of modern games need to do that now. Right. Yeah. So um, so anyway, once the game starts, um, you're given like a very quick uh, uh, quick intro screen uh, saying what the name of the stage is, like whatnot. Um, it's your pretty typical typical shooter and just going around shooting uh, shooting bad guys uh, uh, bad guys uh, bad guys and collecting power-ups um, what is kind of unique for this game at least this time period is that, uh, time period is that you actually have a hit gauge you can take three hits um, three hits in this game before your ship gets destroyed which is reflected by a gauge uh, a hit, set by gauge at the bottom left of the screen yeah, it's so, almost like a UN squadron type of thing. A little um, bit, but, yes, uh, but UN squadron at least. But UN you squadron can regenerate had a full, that last hit. Right? Yeah, yeah. So. You, yeah, UN squadron had a full energy, like energy bar, though, where certain enemies took more damage off of that than others. This yeah. one here, it doesn't matter what touches you. If you get hit, 
and you lose a bar like right away. And so, you can you can regenerate those, but I think you have you to can, get yes. pickups, right? Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There's yep. There's a bunch of pickups. We'll cover that here in just a moment. Um, so you are allowed to have a um, uh, three weapons uh, in your ship, like uh, three weapons, three weapons equipped in your ship, like you know, like one time. You can swap between them. Um, if you're getting if you're getting further weapons past that point, however, then you'll then you'll lose the weapon that you're currently using. Uh, so, like, be aware of that. Um, you can also sacrifice. And this is another interesting, like, interesting uh, design choice. You can sacrifice a weapon, a weapon like at one time, to produce a smart bomb effect, uh, to, mm-hmm. which you know, which will clear out the screen of enemies, do severe damage to a boss, and also and also freeze up, uh, freeze up, and also freeze up a weapon slot uh, for you. So, what um, I really like is you can change your speed on the fly. Yes, that's also so there's so yeah. there's there's three different speeds of slow, and then there's the medium setting, which it starts on, and then there's the fast one. Um, there's some very unique gameplay options in this game that you really yeah. wouldn't expect for a game at this time period. I really but. I really like using fast, but the problem is like I when I play games like this, I really prefer a mouse for it. Yeah, but uh, hey, it's it's whatever. I guess just change keep changing the speed. Well, joystick might work a bit better than the pad, possibly, but... Uh, I wanted to use my SNES arcade stick, but I don't know where I placed the USB adapter oh, for <laughs> SNES controllers, so that wasn't how it... Because I don't, I don't own a copy of this game, mm. which, if it's cheap enough, maybe I should go ahead and buy it. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, so, let's see, what else can we say about the weapons? Um, the, the primary difference between the difficulty levels in the game is to just pretty much set the number of bullets being fired at you by enemies. Um, unless you're playing a funny difficulty, and then it really cranks up the difficulty by a factor of ten, but, um... It's so the, difficult, it's funny! Yeah. <laughs> one <laughs> of the complaints I have this game is that enemy shots are, uh, enemy shots are often hard to see, I think. Uh, they're not... A lot of times, a lot of times, the shots are kind of like a, uh, a weak orange slash brownish color, and they're kind of small, so they don't really stand out very well against the backgrounds. Yeah, so sometimes, sometimes it's just hard to pick out where the bullets are. Right. So that's definitely a complaint I have about the game. Um, so since we're talking about a graphical effect, let's go into the graphics. The graphics are a mixed bag. I mean, these graphics are pretty typical of what you'd expect for an early Super NES game. I thought they um, were all good. Well, I mean, they're. I mean, for the time period, for the, uh, they were pretty good. I mean, there's some bending scrolling going on in the background. Yeah. Um, some stages, some some stages are definitely graphically graphically more impressive than others. Um, it's like they spend more time on uh, designing some stages uh, than other ones for some reason. So, which is which is strange. But mm. um, so. Uh, yeah, so like I said, there's some, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some scrolling going on in the background that's pretty good, so, um, but, they, um, uh, you know, cover choices are limited, but not bad for what they are. I mean, like, you know, the overall, the overall effects are, yeah, like I said, the, the yeah, you know, overall, overall I thought the graphics were quite good for, our, uh, our, uh, you know, like for another Super NES game. Um, they're, they're certainly not, they're certainly not cutting edge. Uh, there were games coming out in 1992 that definitely did graphics better than this game did, but uh, but what you're doing in the game, uh, they're fine. They get the job done. Uh, the only real main complaint I have, like, is your ship. I don't like your ship design. It's too small and it, it's too small and it looks terrible. I think your ship looks like so wimpy. 
I, I think it's alright. But, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't have the cool aesthetic that the R-Type fighter or, like, the Vic Viper from Gradius does. No. But, it, hey, it's a phalanx. <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, where they got the name from, I have no idea, except that that's just, like, cool sounding, so. But, meh. So, um... The enemies of the game are pretty are pretty good graphically graphically speaking. I, I think um, you you won't recognize what most of them are, but you're not supposed to. Um, enemy design in this game I thought was pretty good. Uh, there's some um, again, it's mixed bag. There's some enemies you're like, oh, every game has these. Flame. Some enemies you're like, what the heck are these things? <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean they're definitely interesting. I, at least you can tell they tried to do some like unique some unique. Uh, 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 designs, designs enemy, like enemy, like enemy attacks, and that goes also to the bosses too. I think most of the bosses, are, most of the bosses are stuff that's been done before, but they add a wrinkle, a wrinkle two to it to kind of make the boss fight unique. Um, you know, as far as like, you have to, you have to remember to, uh, like, like most shooters, you have to shooters. Th this game relies heavily upon memorization. You have to, you have to remember, you have to remember where to go on the screen to avoid attack, uh, like where the weak point is, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what do you think about the enemy design like overall, George? Uh, I like the bosses. Yeah, bosses are cool. The, was it the first boss with the, the... The one that tries to eat you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, And that's... then I was like, wow, this is easier than other first boss battles I've had in these kinds of games. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah. Just took a lot of patience because I died before, so... Oh I yeah, didn't have I didn't have powered up weapons. The game even an easy, the, the, yeah, the game even the game even at easy difficulty level, it, like it's a good challenge. I mean, like you know, I I mean I, I mean like, I was able to go through it the uh, uh, first time first time before using all my credits, but the game's not a pushover like an easy difficulty level e either. So right. uh, most shooter fans, I think, will be comfortable starting at normal. Uh, then once you can go to the game, you, you go to the game, you can kind of get the hard or. Or or use the or use the cheat code for funny, but um, I know that's what it's called. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's it's funny. Uh, yes, it is. So, um, so yeah. I mean, you know, the graphics the graphics are good. I think for a game this time period. I mean, I think the graphics for our type and Gradius three are probably a bit better, but um, you oh, know, no doubt. But I do like the. But the stages, but the stages you go through in the game are pretty cool, graphically speaking. Because you have a water stage, a water stage, a biological stage, a, a, a rock cavern stage. You know, typical fare for shooters, but they do look pretty good. Yeah, they they put effort into it. That's yeah, that's what matters. Um, music for this game is it's fine. I mean, like a, a trademark of a shooter, a shooter is a good a shooter like is need for a good soundtrack, and the soundtrack's not great, but it's fine for what it is too. I think. I mean, it's nothing. Um, it's it's nothing special. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's 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 still cool. Um, yeah. it still fits there. Yeah, yeah, it fits. Yeah. It, it sounds good. It's fine for what it is. I mean, yeah. it's nothing. Nothing great. Nothing you won't be listening to uh, afterwards. But yeah, it's not um, something you would go and search for just to listen to, like in the right. background or something. But yeah, it's while you're playing the game, it's definitely fitting and it's it's cool. Yeah. So mm. sound effects are the same way. Sound effects are typical typical shooter sound effects. I mean, nothing nothing really spectacular there, but they're but they're fine. They get the job done. Yeah. 
So uh, let's talk about the weapons. Uh, there's some. There's some. They go there, pew pew. Yes, they do go pew. Well, well, well. They also, yeah, they also go pew pew, and, and they also make your enemies go boom boom. So. Um, <laughs> uh, my favorite. First of all, my favorite weapon in the game, uh, the L for the laser, uh, gives your ship. Oh yeah. Yeah, it gives your ships like you know, like two laser. Be- uh, uh, well, by, well, by default, two two laser beams. All the weapons, oh, lasers like, all are we- always great in these games. Yeah, yeah, all these yeah. weapons can be upgraded. If you pick up additional L's, uh, for example, you, for example, you go to the game, uh, you upgrade the power of the laser. Um, eventually, eventually, fully powered, you can also shoot behind you as well, which is great. So oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Oh, all right, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, H is homing. Your typical homing. Your homing weapon. Um, it uh, um, uh, upgrading this like allows the like allows the options the options which also uh, the, the the base the base weapon causes two options to to, two options to, to, to to spin around your ship. Upgrading the weapon causes the causes causes those options to fire their own homing ball. The, the, uh, your homing ball is also to, to upgrade your firepower. So the 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 homing the homing is pretty good for most stages I think it's not very good against bosses but uh, at least early in the game the homing the homing weapons homing weapons uh, your, the weapons are good one to do if you're trying to like if you're trying to get the hang of the game. Uh, Ease energizer. This is kind of like a charged energy like energy bolt. It throws batteries. Yes, um, pretty much. So um, I'm more of a Duracell man. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> Um, it, uh, you hold down the button and shoot off a, shoot off a big old ball of energy, pretty much. I didn't uh, like this one at all. <laughs> it's, it's good against boss fights. Uh, fully equipped yeah. this, yeah, fully equipped this is a devastating weapon used against bosses. Uh, you know, particularly, you know, particularly later on in the game. So that's the main, that's the main advantage, like, advantage that it has. The R is the ricochet weapon. Uh, this one's, this one's a bit harder to describe. Um... It basically causes two options, or two options, two options to show up, to show up like around the ship again. Except this time they travel in opposite, are uh, opposing directions. Um, they change your, they change your, they, uh, they change your, they change your, they, they change your, um, uh, your, your beam gun, I guess, your shooter, uh, to a green ball of energy, uh, which seems to have. Which seems to do a moderate to moderate deal of damage. Not as much as the the, uh, the energizer. Probably probably equivalent to the laser in damage. I think it looks like. So uh, upgrading. Uh, however, upgrading is uh, upgrading with this weapon like where it shines because it causes because it causes because it causes the balls of energy to fire to fire to, just like to fire forward diagonally up and down as well, and they bounce off enemies and ceilings. Uh, sorry, walls and ceilings. I can't the name. So um, if you. If you're willing to, if you're willing to give it time and fully upgrade this thing, this is a great weapon to use because it really can be, it really can be used to like you know clear out, clear out tight spaces. I really prefer the lasers. <laughs> Probably in like every shooter that has them. Mm. I don't. It, I just don't like. You can also get three different types of missiles, which are magically called A type, B type, and C type. Um, a type launches homing missiles. B type launches 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 forward firing rockets um, that don't detonate and just simply damage like damage all enemies that they uh, touch or touch or move through. And the C type uh, launches like launches guided missiles that uh, that blow up an impact. You know what I hate about when you get an upgrade in certain games. Um, 
sometimes when you get to like level two of the weapon or whatever, it'll do that thing where now it shoots two two shots, but it, each one is at 45 degrees, like a right. 45 degree angle. And it's like, how am I supposed to hit anything like this? Now I need to do extra work because I can't <laughs> shoot in front of me. I have to shoot at an angle. At least the advantage of this so game. Much. Yeah. No, I agree with you definitely. And this game suffers. On uh, this game suffers. Suffers. Uh, suffers like some of that also. But at least this game, you can store three weapons. So you can always right. just simply take one in a weapon, put it to the side, play on, and then when you get it's, another capsule, change your weapon real, like, real quick and grab that. You can grab that capsule. It's like Tetris when you want to hold on to a piece. But yeah, there's also there's also hidden areas that you can find in the game as you go through that are just like Boku power-ups for you. So, uh, we'll talk about how to get those power-ups uh, toward the end of the podcast, but, um, so, yeah, that's your, that's pretty much your, that's pretty much your weapons available to you. The last thing you have available to you is a P, a power capsule. Um, this is your combination of healing and weapon enhancement power-up. Um, it will upgrade you, uh, like, upgrade all your weapon systems by one level, and it will also give you one point of, of ship health back, uh, back. Obviously, these are rare. So grab these beauties like when you see them. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, game th- uh, the game difficulty ramps up ramps up pretty well I think um, as you go through the stages. It's not terribly long. Um, you can get uh, when you get decent with the game, you can go through the game in about an hour. Uh, game time, which I think is like pretty good length for a shooter of this type. Uh, there are, like I said, you know, credits that you get to start the, uh, to continue the game with, because the credits kind of operate like, um, you start off with, oh, you can also change the number of ship lives that you have to start, like, to, to, to start up the game with. Um, so, like, I think, like, five is the most you can have at one point, so, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start the game off with. You, you can obviously get extra lives. It's like, you know, this is, this is, this is typical, this, this is typical arcade-style point system, extra life given to you every, th- I'm actually like giving to you like every thirty thousand points, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, yeah, and then like um, uh, when you have to, to when you use a credit to bounce you back to the beginning of the stage, um, the stage, but, but like I said, the stages themselves don't take that long to fly through. Uh, no, they're actually kind of short. Yeah, and they're all yeah, they're all pretty much the same length too, which is curious. Right. Yeah. So. Hmm. Um, so, uh, let's see. What else can I say about this game? Uh, so it's like as far as gameplay cool game. goes. Well, we can get to our final opinions here, I guess, then. Um, if you want. It's, um, you know, I'm a big fan of shooters. I obviously love this genre on the court a bit. Um, I had fun playing this. I probably would have had more fun playing it, playing it back in the day as opposed to now, but um, it's... For the Super NES, it's pretty good, I think. Like I said, the Super NES did not have a ton of a ton of side-scrolling sh- uh, shoot 'em ups like the Genesis did, so the selection on here is more limited. The Genesis had a better processor, um, well, faster processor at least. So, so and you know, and, and you know, these games require like a good um, a good deal of speed uh, to be able to make them play well. So that was so it took uh, so you also took experience experienced programmers to really be able to crank the Super NES out to be able to get this. Oh, oh, that's something about oh, oh that's something about gameplay that's important to mention. Very little slowdown. Uh, this game, for the most part, is still smooth. I've, I've, yeah, I've noticed some slowdown, but there's a little bit, right. but it's not that much. Yeah, 
I mean, for how many enemies are on the screen at once at certain points and how much action is going on, you'd expect it to kind of bog down a bit more because Gradius 3 definitely bogs down some uh, when there's like equivalent stuff on the, on the screen. It yep, it does. And like our Type 3 also suffers that same problem. So, but uh, but yeah, this game, the programmers seem to know what they were doing. So there's very little slowdown. It's, it, um, it's very impressive. It, it kind of shows that the Super NES can do a game, a game of this nature. It's like it's programmed well. Yeah. Um, so anyway, having said that, um, this game is, for the Super NES, this game is good. Considering the limited library that the, uh, that the system has for, has for games of the, uh, this type, uh, 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 this type, it does some, um, the programmers try to do some unique things with the game. I think some are, I think some are bigger, are, you're bigger successes than others, but the, uh, but in some ways, but in some ways, they're trying to be like innovative and trying to put in some different elements again. They again to make it stand out from the you stand out, uh, stand out from the crowd. Um, besides, you know, but like you know, like that box cover. So, but uh, um, um, as far as the overall, as far as ranking it overall of 16-bit shooters, however, it, it kind of falls down toward the lower end of the category. I think um, there's just simply not enough. Not enough, uh, in here, not enough new or challenging here to to warrant to warrant constant repeat, um, regular like regular gameplay. Having said that, I think this game is very good uh, for shooter fans. If you're a shooter fan and they're a shooter fan and they only can never play this game if you're only aware of it because of the notoriety that the cover gets, um, check it out. You'll probably have some fun with it. It's no gradius, um, but it's still a good game. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. It, like it's a decent shooter. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a fan of the genre than you are, George. So, what do you think about the game? Um, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, uh, when we talked about the whole speed title thing, like, I feel like that might be necessary for uh, shooters that you know, like, for this kind of era where there's only like D pads and not like analog sticks, because then you can right. make more precise movements when you want to. Um, and I haven't seen anything like that with games of this era before, which is really cool. It's a, it's a neat little feature that you can play around with. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so. it's, it's nice, it's nice to look at, not the best thing in the world, but, uh, it still has some looks. The sound is good, not the best. Um, it was fun playing this because I wanted to see what the bosses were, um, and it has, it has a good feel to it. Uh, not, I'm not that great at these kinds of games, but I, uh, <laughs> I tried. Um, there are those little bonus areas that you can get to, and at first it, like, confused me. Like, oh, there's a bunch of pickups, and I ran into one, and I was like, wait, what's going on here? So, you have to shoot the pickups? It was really weird. But, uh, just randomly finding bonus areas is really cool, especially when I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Like, wait, why am I being teleported? Oh, this is a bonus area. Yes. I didn't <laughs> I didn't know how I accessed that, but all right. So, uh, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's a cool game. There uh, are, yeah, there are there are two secret areas that I'm aware of, like, in the game. Yeah. Uh, the first one's the first one's in level two, which is the underwater area. Yeah. Um, uh, there's, uh, 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 there's a red box, uh, like, either top or bottom of the screen, if you, like, if you, like, like, you would touch it, uh, they would go into the that secret area. Um, there's actually there's actually a second secret area later on in the game uh, because the first one because the first one you can access from the access access from the red box at the top of the screen and the other one you can access on like the bottom of the screen. So um, yeah, you just pretty much have to 
there's, there's different things to do, like George was saying, in each secret area to be able to get the power-ups. So uh, part of the trick is figuring out the. So part of the trick is you figure out you figure out like what to do. Yeah. So, uh, and then the last stage, the final mission, also the final mission also like also has two, like also has, like also has two secret areas. You access the, you access those areas by going to a yellow circle uh, with some gadgets around it. So. Um, there are a bunch of uh, codes available in the game, as a uh, game that game as I mentioned before. Um, there is a code to give you extra lives, and, like extra lives, and it continues if you want to. Um, I'm not going to go into the actual what you do on this because this is you easily available like online. I, I just, just want to, I, 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 I just just want to make people available um, to, to let people know that these are available uh, if you want them. There's a level select you can do. Uh, you can also um, um, and there's also, um, and, and, and there's also that code that I mentioned before for unlocking that, a uh, hidden, hidden, insane difficulty, um, setting up, like, in the game. So, um, you might be surprised to know, uh, George, this game actually goes for pretty cheap pricing on eBay. Probably All because right. of the fact that people are more familiar with it because of the cover than the actual game itself. <laughs> um, um, there's, there's... There's no shortage of listings of listings available like this game. There are 41 copies of the game that are, you know, the recently sold, 22 and 22 copies of the game um, that are currently, uh, you know, currently available for sale. Including, including, curiously enough, the original, the original, uh, the original, um, the, uh, uh, some good examples of uh, like the original ads for the game that, that appeared in comic books at the time. So, really? yeah, uh, the the slogan, the, the slogan in the ad is far out. Far being spelled P H A R. Get it? Oh, no. <laughs> Your typical '90s stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Um, you can have the these prices include shipping. Carts sold anywhere from twelve to twelve to twenty-three dollars. Wow, that's so, not, not bad. Yeah, not that bad at all. CIB is yeah. CIB is a bit more pricey, but still, there's not. But still, it's not that bad. Thirty-six to seventy dollars. Yeah, that's not too bad. So, so um, yeah. So overall, uh, glad I so glad I played the game finally after all these years. Um, it's a decent shooter for what it is. I, I really do admire the fact that it has some very innovative co concepts, especially for the time that it came out. Um, not the best shooter in the system, but not the worst either. Uh, like I said, shooting fans are definitely recommended to check this game out and see if you enjoy it. Especially, you know, especially if you've snubbed Super NES because it's NES for, like the genre because the Genesis has so many, so many more and better games out there for it. Yep. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, okay. what, what do I what do I have? It's it's a cool game. <laughs> and that's all that George has to say about this, folks. <laughs> yep. I could have just said that at the beginning and then just not said anything else. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Great, thanks. I'm kidding, of course, but <laughs> No, I know. Um did you beat the game? How hard you get in it? No, I didn't <clears throat> beat it. Uh, jeez, how far did I get? Uh, with the limited time this week because of things going on in life. Uh, maybe like a third of the way. Hmm. Like I'm curious to play the GBA version now because I didn't know there was a port made to the GBA. So I'm wondering. I'm wondering I think how it's that version the same works. Game, right? It's the same game, but I imagine, but, but I imagine, but I imagine it probably plays a little bit smoother and probably on, on probably like a bit better from the GBA. Plus, a, probably. Plus, the portable factor. The portable factor, like, is always nice. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, um, you gotta play it on that SP to get the backlight. 
Yes. Unless you have a modded one. Well, actually, I, well, actually, actually, there were two versions of the SP. I had the original one, the, the original one, that had satellites, um, which were fine. I, I mean, it worked great. I mean, obviously, it didn't work quite as well as the backlight day, but it was fine for what it was. Yeah, but I mean, it's better than like a Game Boy Light or something. Oh yeah, where it's like one of those like basically taking the insides of like glow watches from the time. <laughs> it's so weird. yeah, we're a little bit off topic. That's okay. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> we're talking uh, about Nintendo stuff, right? To this day, the GBASP is, is still my favorite Game Boy system, uh, hands down, because I, I, you, I just love that thing. It's like a, it's small, it's cute, it's portable. It, it folds over, it, it folds over, it folds over like it folds over. You know, you know, like that you easy to carry case. The backlit version is beautiful as far as that contrast and contrast and light goes. The only drawback is you need to have the adapter to be able to use the headphones. Yeah, that, that, that's a weird thing about it. Okay, that's 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 companies wanting to buy also, accessories to. So know, I just use, yeah, I just realized this. This is this this is a problem before its time because now we have phones that are not coming with headphone ports. Right. It's like, huh? Anyway, not to get <laughs> not to get any more sidetracked here. Uh, yeah, there should be a gameway podcast. You know, I'd like. Um, you know, I'd love for there to be a Game Boy podcast because I certainly have a lot of history like the system. And, you know, there's a lot of great games out for it. I'm so. not starting one, Greg. <laughs> I'm not saying that you should. <laughs> I'm just saying somebody should. But uh, uh, wait, yeah, some, wait, nudge, nudge. Yeah, somebody who has a lot more familiarity and uh, history with the system because uh, yeah, the Game Boy, the, the the Game Boy can be expensive to collect for too. Uh, I mean, it's not just you know all Nintendo pricing. Products or products are kind of are, are kind of going up. You're going up pricing right now, so including the Game Boy, there's yeah. so many systems and so many variations out there for it that it kind of makes it harder to collect for. I say uh, buy Chinese knockoff consoles and collection parts. Mm-hmm. You you could, I suppose, <laughs> but the quality of those is dubious at best. Uh, uh that's not true. Uh, I bought a Game Boy Color from a uh, Chinese site. And it has a backlight on it, and it is actually a little bit bigger than a Game Boy Color, and it is still great. That's something else that's a big problem, like for the Game Boy, uh, uh, the Game Boy library. Uh, ma- uh, mass counterfeiting of games. You gotta be careful if you buy a game like online. Oh, yeah. I go for those counterfeits, though, because they're cool. But and they're cheaper. Whereas, whereas, <laughs> so whereas with the Super NES, it's really only been really the most, um, you know, the. Imp- uh, you know the fan translated to like in the really rare games that have been like you know uh, um, you know that have been that have been uh, counterfeited over the years. Yeah. Like Earthbound, for example, example example was notorious like being like counterfeited. But Chrono Trigger also did like you know the really you know the really you know the really valuable like in demand popular games. Of course. That be, yeah, so you can watch so you can make it make it for less and yeah sell for a big profit. Right. I, I hate when people do that. But still, for less money than what a real copy, a real copy goes for. <laughs> right. But you know, at least you people know, at least have been getting up and up on that on that stuff. Yeah. Plus, yeah. Plus, yeah. Plus, those games are available, like available in the formats, in form, uh, like formats, like a, a format these days too. So that helps. Oh yeah. If you want to play Chrono Trigger, you could play it on the PlayStation. Yep. There's also yep. There's also the very good, you know, the very good remake that came up with the DS. That's right. I had a sealed copy of that, and I gave it away. You gave it away? <laughs> yeah. That goes for that goes for like pretty good bucks these days. <laughs> yeah. 
this this was around the time where it was like not too expensive. So. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. yeah. It's gotten a lot, a lot pricier like appraiser uh, pricier recently, but eh, okay. uh, anyway. But uh, um, yeah. So next week. Uh, or I should say, next episode, uh, we're going from one from one infamous game to a more like a more obscure game. Oh, um, this is one I have a lot of history history and affection for, and I probably you know, you uh, and I probably had to bribe George to be able to get him to uh, you know agree to cover this like in the podcast. But um, it's certainly a very interesting game, at least. Um, so, and they're still making games in this series, which is yes, crazy. they are. Yep. So is this series because this series has always been this this series one of those series that has always been uh, has always like, has always like been more popular in Japan uh, than in the West for obvious reasons because we're going to be covering the Super NES port of Nobunaga's Ambition in the next episode. Mm. So no shock a game based upon a, a famous a famous Japanese figure is more popular in Japan, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is this is this yeah this yeah the, yeah this yeah this just simply a slightly enhanced version of the original version like the original uh, the original like NES game with some better graphics and music and some extra options that kind of stuff. But um, but uh, and but it, but it's also one of the few games few games that there are few games that support that you you that support the Super NES mouse. So. But they, um, oh, you got to remind me about that so I don't play with the controller. <laughs> well, it, it operates fine like the controller. I, I've done it myself that way. I all, hate the, going through menus but with the controller. The menus are pretty minimal. Uh, minimal of this game, though. Yeah. But we, but but we'll get into it uh, yeah. uh, next time. So, but um, anyway. Thank you again, everybody, for listening to us. We very much appreciate it. Uh, we are a proud member of both the Throwback Network and, Mer- and, and Retro Junkies uh, mm. uh, Podcast Networks, where you can find a lot of other great uh, retro-themed podcasts, both gaming and non-gaming related. We have a Facebook page. Please come and check us out. Uh, you can check us out. Check, check us out there and leave us and leave us comments, suggestions, etc. Um, you can also find us find us on iTunes. Uh, a review on there, like we very much appreciate it. And if you have any questions, comments, or, or etc., you can feel free feel, feel free to email me directly at um, at the SNES podcast at yahoo.com. George, George, where can they where can they reach you at? And what are the podcasts that you cover? Oh boy! So you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Chivas at M I S T U O C H E F. Fun times on Twitter. Um, you can uh, look for my other podcasts that I do. Uh, Greg and I do PlayStation Power, not family friendly. We cover PlayStation, PlayStation Two games. Uh, you can also check out Master System Masterpieces, which is part of the Retro Junkies Network. Uh, we cover Master System games. If that wasn't you know, apparent. Uh, it wasn't obvious to me. Uh, and then I also do the box for it, which is super not family-friendly. Mm. And, uh, we just talk about stuff there. That's about it. Mm. Okay. Sounds right. good. So, as always, it's, 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 it's always like a great podcast and like you, George. Um, we have a, we have an anniversary episode coming up pretty soon. The 75th episode. You have 75th episode. So oh, we should man. talk about doing something special, like special like for that one. Dance party. <laughs> oh wait, how do you see that on audio podcast? <laughs> hmm. No, we should look at something like pretty like uh, unique or different or kind of like you know off the beaten path because it's kind of fun to cover those like the anniversary episodes. Like we looked at the um, accessories 
uh, for the system right. for like the 50th, the 50th, the 50th your episode. So, but uh, yeah. um, alrighty, as always, folks, we very much appreciate your support and listening to us. Um, hope to hope to uh, he- hope to um, well, well, I can't say see, I can't say hear. Um, <laughs> Hope um, you will listen to us next time. Yes, that works. <laughs> <laughs> and and on that note, I think I should cut cut out like on my head. So good night, all. Banjos. Banjos for the win. <laughs> Nintendo controls eighty percent of the video market, but no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Deep power.